Shalom Aleichem, dear friends, Gader Shabbos, we're in Parshas Vayichi, and uh, to a certain extent Parshas Vayichi brings to a conclusion the what the Rishonim referred to as a Sefer Hayamuna, the, the foundational Sefer, the Sefer that kind of uh, lays the groundwork for the birth of Bnei Yisrael. And um, of course, we know Maisa Avos Simon Lebonim. What happened with the Avos? That that uh, again that lays the found down the foundation for what will be with the children. And uh, so, in this story, everything is contained. Everything from the beginning all the way to the end. And that's of course why the Mefarshim explained the last years of Yaakovinu's life was were tranquil last 17 years um, and these were these were years of, of life he lived he, this was a real um, wonderful you know happily ever after story uh, and with that background we'll go to a Pasuk towards the end of the Parsha the burial of Yaakov Yosef takes Yaakov uh, to Eretz Knan to be buried and uh, a tremendous um, in camp all the nobles and all the big people of Egypt the military cavalry everything um, accompanying traveling to go bury Yaakov in Eretz Knan and the product says Ve'yavohu Ad Goren Ha'atad and they came to the thrashing floor of thorns, which was on the other side of the Jordan River. Uh, and there they made a, a hesped, uh, they bewailed Yaakov, a hesped godl, a huge hesped. And to a certain extent, of course, a hesped is re- the recognition of the chashivus of the greatness of this person. How do you encapsulate? How do you transmit? How do you say over the greatness of Yaakov Avinu, the Nukhar Shabavus, the the choice one, one the, the one that perfected everything, the Tam, the uh, the one from whom Bnei Israel come. So this is going to be something really big over here so says the so again the Pasuk describes it where does this hesped gadol happen it happened begoren ha'otid in the thrashing floor of thorns so the Gemur and Sota that you give Aleph is bothered what do you mean thrashing floor of thorns thorns have their own thrashing floor thorns are a cheap worthless weed um Thrashing floors either belong to important people, or maybe perhaps it could be the thrashing floor where you thrash a particular product, but uh, um, neither one of those two applies over here. Uh, this is not a thrashing floor that belongs to the thorn bush, nor is it a thrashing floor where one thrashes thorns. So what does it mean? Says Rabbi Avahu, this tells us that the 
descendants of Yishmoel, the, all the princes of Yishmoel, and the princes of Esav, and the princes of Bnei Ketura, all came uh, to do war with this uh, these people that were trying to bring Yaakov into Eretz Canaan to bury him in Mars Machpelah. They came to do war against that. But once they saw the crown of Yosef hanging on the Aaron, on the um, casket of Yaakov, I guess it had poles around it, and they saw the crown of Yosef hanging there, and they recognized this to be the crown of the man that fed them all those years during the famine, so then they took off their own crowns and put their put their crowns um, around the Aaron of Yaakov, the casket of Yaakov also, and all those crowns together um, made a circle around his casket, and the crowns, of course, have pointy ends at the top, so that was like a thrashing floor of thorns, a thrashing floor surrounded by thorns. And that's why it's described that the Hespet Godel happened at the thrashing floor of thorns. That's what Rabbi Avahu taught us in the Gemur and Sota. Now, seemingly there's a lot of questions to be asked on this. Uh, the most fu- fundamental one of which is, these kings, before they set out to do war against the huge encampment that was coming up from Egypt to go and bury Yaakov in there. It's not obviously they, they had some sort of a spy system or they heard rumors that they were going to be burying Yaakov in, in Eretz Yisrael, Mars Machpelah, and they were against that. Now, they, were they not aware that Yaakov was the father of Yosef? Yosef or Tzatnas Paneach, as he probably was known, the viceroy of Egypt, and the one indeed who had sustained them all those years during the famine. It would be very strange to say that they didn't know this. All the Egyptian nobility and everyone important was going with Tzatnas Paneach at the head, with the military escort, and uh, these kings set out to war. They were going to fight the Egyptians. They were going to oppose the mighty Egyptian empire um, in what they were trying to do. They were going to oppose that and fight against them. And then when they see the crown of Yosef, the one who fed them all those years, then they, uh, th- then they totally acquiesce. And, and in fact, they hang their own crowns on, on the Aaron of Yaakov and, and totally do a 180. What do you mean? They knew the whole time that... Yosef is the son, or Tatnas Paneach is the son of Yaakov. They knew the whole time that he's the one traveling. They knew the whole time that he's been the one that was supporting them all those years before. So, it's a Tzarechiyun Gadol. What was Nishadish to them? What is it? What was the new thing that they saw that registered with them that they recognized now? when they saw the crown of Yosef, who had been feeding them those years, and that they're only alive thanks to him, they would have all starved to death. What changed now that, that 
they saw this versus before that before they sent out to, set out to go fight a war against Satnas Panech, against Yosef, against the Egyptians who had supported them in those famine years. Whereas now, all of a sudden, they joined in hanging their crowns around their own Shal uh, Yaakov um, and thus made the thrashing floor of thorns. That's the real big question that we want to try to answer today. Um, obviously, we can also ask, why did Yosef specifically hang his crown? Why did he hang his crown on the Aron of Yaakov? Why did they feel the need to follow suit and do the same thing. Those are all shyless you know, questions that we can ask, but the first one is, is a real kasha that has to be dealt with. Okay, so we'll, we'll just take a little bit of a, a detour to, to deal with another difficulty, and uh, hopefully by dealing with that, we can we can open things up to understand what's happening over here. So another Gemara in Sota, Davlamud Vavamud Beis, says that when Aishas Potiphar grabbed Yosef's coat, it says uh, he, he he escaped, he, he ran away immediately to the outside. Um, in fact, this was such a great deed that he did that the Midrash says that when 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 uh, the Pesach says Vayanus Yama that the sea when it saw the Jewish people ran away at the Kriyas Yamsuf that that was in the schus of the Aronushal Yosef the the casket of Yosef that was carried when the when the Yam saw Yosef Yosef the Tzaddik who ran away from the perhaps the greatest physical temptation a man could have the challenge that he had with Asius Potiphar. And he, Yanos Chutzah, he, he ran out to the outside, so then the Yamsuf had to run away from the Jewish people, had to split, because it was such a huge merit of what he did. Within that context now, we take a look at this Gemara and Sota, Daflamat Vavamat Beis. The Gemara says that also shy, that moment when, when Asius Potiphar grabbed him and tried to seduce him to lie with her, but also Shah, the vision of Yaakov appeared to Yosef in a through through he saw him in a, through through a window through a, a vision obviously and and Yaakov said to him Yosef in the future your brothers are going to have their names written on the choshen on the breastplate of the coin gadol on the Avne Aphod, the stones of the of the of the Aphod. And you are gonna be amongst them. Uh, but that's only if you're gonna be righteous. But if you're gonna be uh, you're gonna perform this act with her, so then your name will be erased from the stones, your name will not be written on the Avne Aphod. And you're going to be known as a person who deals with harlots. Uh, and so immediately, um, Yosef fled. Uh, and, uh, and that's what the Pasuk actually in this Parsha says, Vateshev be'isan kashto. He turned back 
uh, his with, with tremendous strength his bow and the obvious question over here is this is such a huge schus this is the Nisayon the Yosef HaTzadik withstood in fact he's called the Yosef HaTzadik because of the Tikkun Habris the guarding himself of inappropriate um, behavior with Aishas Potiphar uh, that's why he's called Yosef HaTzadik this is his moment in history and then because of this he was zoha to everything and this was such a big schus that the Kriyas Yamsu split for the Jewish people because of him because of this and yet this Gemara, this Drush seems to be coming to say exactly the opposite it seems to be coming against the Pshat of the Pesach the Pshat of the Pesach is what a huge tzaddik Yosef is that he withstood his taiva and uh, left, overcame himself. And here it seems to be saying that, well, I mean, Yaakov you know, appeared to him and told him these all these really, really powerful things. So, so Yosef uh, didn't do it. I mean, that's not such a big schus. A person is in the middle of doing something really bad and all of a sudden a very, very righteous man walks into the room and says, my dear son is really what you want to be doing and he talks him out of it that's not such a big schus I mean it might be still a certain level of self-control but that certainly takes away uh, very much so from this action so what's going on over here so we have to understand the godless of Yosef HaTzadik Yosef HaTzadik the godlessness is just as much in, in the fact that when he's in the middle of the most powerful taiva that a person could experience, what happens at that moment? His father appears to him and tells him these things. How did that happen? How does a person get himself so connected to his father? To his righteous father, of course, Yaakov Avinu, the, the choicest of the, of the Avos. And Yosef was so connected to him that even in the most powerful pulls of the Taiva, he was in direct communication with the spirit of his father. And he was able to receive that message, to understand the truth of his father's message, and to act on it. So the schus of, of Yosef at Tzadik is that he's a continuation of his father. Like we know, Rashi brings the Apostle of Vadia, Vaya base Yaakov Eish, or base Yosef Lehova, that Yaakov is the fire and Yosef is the flame. The flame means, flame has no greatness to it without a fire. There is no flame without a fire. Flame is the red hot tongues of that come off of the fire. The, 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 you know, the, the, flicker, the flickering tongue right that's the flame the flame is the part that jumps off of the fire but as long as it's connected to the fire it's only the power that it has is only if it's a, an extension of the fire Yaakovinu is the fire he's the one he's the Ishtam Yoshiv Oilim he's the one that was digging deep 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 into his Nishama into spirituality he's the one that, 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 that had the experience of the uh, in in um, 
Анхарамория, of seeing the Sulam, Nitzava Shamaima, that reaches all the way to the heavens. He's, he's the one who created that deep inner fire. But he wasn't known in the world. He didn't impact the world. Yosef Atzadik, his job is to be the Lehava, to be the flame that carries out the power of the fire. Similarly, we see in Parshas Vayeshev, it begins with Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef. These are told us of Yaakov, Yosef. So Rashi brings that, first of all, Yosef looked like almost a copy of Yaakov. And even all the events in Yosef's life kind of paralleled Yaakov's life. Uh, Yosef is the continuation of Yaakov. He is the expression of Yaakov. Now, let's come back to the Malchei Yishmoel, the, the kings of Yishmoel, the prince of Yishmoel, the princes of Esav, the uh, Bnei Ketura, uh, who were sustained, the whole world was sustained by Yosef Atzadik. Now we know Rashi brings for us in, in, in Bereshus, at the end of Parshish Miketz, it says the whole world was hungry and, 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 and they came to Paro and they said, um, you know, what, what should we do? So, and, and Paro said, give us bread. And so Paro said to them, go to Yosef and do whatever he tells you. So Rashi brings, what does that mean, do whatever he tells you? Is they came crying to him saying that Yosef is crazy. He wants us to circumcise ourselves. All the Egyptians had to circumcise themselves. So, Paro said, listen, do whatever you have to do because that's the only way we're going to survive is if he feeds you. Right? But, so, look at the Gurarie over there who explains why was Yosef insist all the Egyptians should circumcise themselves if they want to get fed. And the answer is because if you want to be sustained by Yosef, you have to be connected to the, to the power of Yosef. You have to be connected to the spiritual reality which is allowing him to be the Mepharnes of the whole world to sustain the whole world, so the Egyptians had to be connected to such, such an idea, and that's the only way they could survive. It, so to speak, Yosef is the is the um, life raft. He's he's the flotation device. You know that, that, that thrown into the water. That if you grab onto him, you won't drown. But you have to grab onto Yosef, and Yosef is the tikkun abris. Yosef is the person who's perfected that uh, that expression of himself, and so you have to become like that if you want if you want to survive. So okay, so I said the whole world okay. Yosef is a very big tzaddik. Look at him. We have to be like him. We shouldn't be indulging in inappropriate relationships. We should be like Yosef with the tikkun abris, and then we'll be able to be supported. And then the. Malachi, Yishmoel, Esav, Bnei Ketura, maybe even the Canaanite kings, saw that he's coming to bring his father Yaakov to be buried there. Now they're saying, wait a second, what does he have to do with anything? We respect Yosef tremendously. We'll, we'll give up our lives for him. He saved the, the entire world. But his father, he's a good-for-nothing, you know... Um, unenlightened, dark age, 
ghetto Jew. He just sits there in his little tent and just studies his books. And what good does he do? Why should he be Zoha to be buried in Marsa Machpelah with such with such big people in there like like Avram, like Yitzchak? And that's and that's when Yosef took his crown and he hung it on the Arono Shel Yaakov. Because by hanging his crown on what he said to them all is, you don't get it. All of my greatness, all of my royalty, the place from where I derived my ability to be a tzaddik is from my father, from Yaakov. From the Eish comes the Lahava. From the fire comes the flame. How is it that I was able to withstand the Nisayan of Eish's Potiphar? It's because I had that vision of my righteous father to guide me. All of you respect so much what I do for the world. Because in my tzidkas, I'm able to bring Parnosa to the world. All of you respect that and, and want to mimic that. But what you don't understand is that this tzidkas of mine is really an expression of my, of my righteous father. The one that you don't get. The one that's hidden inside. The one that's sitting in Kolo. The one that seems to be not doing anything so big. But really, it's only thanks to him that, I, that I'm able to do what I do. And that's the concept of hanging his crown. The crown shows that the king is connected to something higher. That's why the crown has the pointy thorns at the top. It's like an upside down root where the roots go up into some higher place that other people don't understand where it is. But the king is connected to that place and that's why the Melech is able to bring down the Parnosa for the Am to feed them, to take care of them because he's connected to a higher source. Says Yosef, yeah, I'm that person and I'm connected to my father Yaakov. And then at that point, like, all the kings realized that all of their power and all the hashpah, and all the influence, and all the bracha that comes into the world, that they are all in charge of distributing to humanity, it all comes from Yaakov. And that's of course why he, in Parshas Vayichi, in the end of Parshas Vayichi, it's an allusion to the coming of Mashiach, the perfection of man, man's recognition, that all the bracha and all the goodness in this world it all comes from Yaakov, from the Ishtam Yoshev Oilim, from, from that person who is able to connect to really, really high spiritual levels. And then, of course, there is a need for a Yosef, for someone who is going to be a Lahava, who is going to carry out, who is going to take that fire and bring it out as a flame and change the world with it. Once that happened, then they all realized that all their kingship really comes from Yaakov, and that's why it's a goren ha'atad, perhaps. The goren means a threshing floor. The threshing floor is the place from where all parnosa comes from. That's where wheat comes from. That's where grain comes from. That's where life comes from. And all the life of the whole world comes from that one tzaddik who is able to find that inner place and connect to something deep. Now, of course, there's that on a national level with Yaakov Avinu, the tzaddik, who connected so high up, the Ishtam Yoshev Oilum, the person 
whose image is engraved and the kisya covered. But also, to a certain extent, we have to realize that we do that in our own lives. We, we're, we're both a Yaakov and a Yosef and a Yehuda and, and everybody. But in this particular discussion, we're saying that I have to have the two parts in me. I have to have the Yaakov in me, the time that I connect, whether it be during my tefillah or during my davening, that during my during my learning, where I find that deep, deep, powerful source of spiritual connection. And then I can be the Yosef to take that and bring it out into the world and make a Kiddush Hashem in the business place, in the, in, in, in the workforce, uh, with, my, with my family, with, with, my, with my colleagues, with my friends. And, uh, and, and everyone's going to say, wow, look at those beautiful mirrors. Look, look, at, look at this conduct, everything. And, it, and, and Bez Hashem, they'll all be able to identify that where is this wonderful Yosef, this Lahava, where is it all coming from? It's all coming from that time of learning, of davening. That's my power base. That's my source. That's the real place from where all the bracha comes into the world. As Hashem, we should be zocho also on a national level to see this Mashiach Tzidkenu Bimhiravimenu, where we and the whole world will see that indeed all the goodness that comes to humanity, to the whole world, comes from through and from Klaus Hall. Good Shabbos.